Phase 1, Lesson 6, The Blood Covenant. Here we've got three outlines. Outline number one, the nature of the blood covenant. Outline number two, the nature of naming. And outline number three, the covenant between God and Abraham. Outline number one, the nature of the blood covenant. We said that after the sons of Noah had separated and were located according to their clans, tribes, languages, and people, they had a certain amount of knowledge about God because obviously Noah must have given them some information even though the knowledge became diluted. So almost every nation understood about the blood covenant. It is something that was done long ago. It was done by primitive people and they knew something that was called blood brothers. What they'll do is, they will bring a priest and two brothers will be present. They will cut flesh and their blood will be mingled together by the priest and add wine to it. Both the people involved will drink it. From that moment on, whatever belonged to the other will also belong to the other. These two practically became one soul because they knew that there was life in the blood. Whenever people's blood is mixed, even if it's something that is done by doctors, those people are one. Because life is in the blood. This is what blood covenant means. First Corinthians chapter 6 from verse 18 tells us that when two people engage in sexual relation, they become one. Why? This is because during the intercourse, blood is involved. There is sharing of blood and whenever blood is shared between parties, a covenant is instituted because people's life become one. A covenant binds people's lives together until it is broken. And if it is instituted by blood, then blood will have to break it. Outline number two, the nature of naming. A covenant is like a binding contract between two parties. For God to make a covenant with a person, the person involved must understand what it is. We said that Noah must have passed the knowledge of God to his children. That is how Abraham came to know about the covenant. When God appeared to Abraham, he made a promise to him. And after some time, he gave him a new name, Abraham. There are principles in naming and we need to rediscover them if we are to work with God. History and the principle of naming. Do you remember that according to the scriptures, Jesus is the one who created everything? And that Adam, God's second-born son, came through Jesus. What we all believed is that God the Father is the one who named Adam. We are not going to debate or dispute who named who, but we know that we came through Jesus. And that when he came into the world, he renamed us and called us the church. Therefore, we won't be surprised if it was him who named us in the first place because we came through him. But we must bear in mind that whether it was Jesus Oh God, the Father who named us, everything came from God. Meaning he is the one with the original plan. So it doesn't make a difference because all plans are his. So getting back to the principles of naming, when you name someone, you own them. God named Adam. Whether it was Jesus or the Father, they are both God. But they named Adam. He named him and called him man. When Adam saw Eve, it was not God the Father, who Jesus, who named her, but it was Adam. God named Abraham from Abraham, Sarah from Sarai. He named the world and heaven. God the Father named Jesus. Jesus named the church. Parents named children and husbands named their wife. 
This, this is because whatever you name becomes your responsibility. What you name becomes under your care. When God was naming Adam, he was saying he is responsible for men because he called him men. And all of us were in Adam at that time. This means he was claiming us as his own. Even though men stumbled and died and were separated and uprooted from him, he knew that he brought men into being, but he did not name Eve. That is not because he doesn't own it, you know, because we have established that God named men and Eve was men as well. But it's because Adam was to be responsible for all that was to come after him. It must be understood that God wants all of us to be under authority. First Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. It reads as follows. Now I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ, and the head of the woman is man, and the head of Christ is God. So God, the Father, is our ultimate authority, but he uses people to exercise it for him. But in this case, Jesus is the one we are to obey because authority was given to him, and we came through him in the first place. Therefore, Eve was named by her husband. God named Jesus. This means God was saying, I'm responsible for this one. And Satan had no claim on Jesus as long as Jesus obeyed all of his father's commands. God also named John the Baptist. He was claiming ownership of him as a servant and he had right because he already had a covenant with Israel. Jesus named the church. He was actually saying, I'm responsible for her. This naming principle has nothing to do with controlling what you are naming, but it means you are responsible for it. And whatever you name must submit under you because it is there to help you, just as Eve was created solely to help Adam to do God's work. Our parents named us and we need to submit under their authority, but they are responsible for us. When a woman gets married, she takes the name of her husband. This means the husband is now naming the woman. The husband becomes responsible for the wife, but the wife must submit to the husband. If the name doesn't submit to the name me, the name loses its nature and we can say it dies and the name me is no longer responsible because the name died to the name me. I hope this makes sense to you as much as it does to me. This is true because we saw what happened between Adam and God. Adam was rejected after disobedience. In other words, he was disowned because he did not submit. He died to the name me because he did not submit. It is imperative to listen carefully to the instructions of the name me because if you don't carry the instruction given, you, the named, will suffer the consequences. The name me doesn't control or force the named. It's just a give and take relationship that needs a balance between the named and the name me. Above all else, though, naming revealed the destiny of the person, or it revealed the part the person had to play in God's vision. What this means is that naming gave the direction of a person's life. What a person came to do on earth, his purpose or his work, and it meant his destiny. When God wanted to change a person's destiny, he paid much attention to the name of the person because the person's name must proclaim God's vision. So he changed the person's name first. In fact, this is why Jesus later called us the church. Naming us was important if we were to do his work and Satan will know that all was done legally. 
We are making all this clear so that we'll understand what is God planning and from which viewpoint he does these things because his ways are difficult to understand. And we and if we don't understand how he thinks, then we will find ourselves mis- misinterpreting the Bible because we will read the Bible from the earth viewpoint. Up to this time, God is still trying to repair men through a righteous line who still maintains his knowledge on earth. Outline number three. The covenant between God and Abraham. Please let us open um, Genesis chapter 12 from verse 1 to verse um, to verse 3. It reads as follows. The Lord had said to Abraham, Leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. Genesis 17 from verse 1 to 16. We are going to do our short version as always, but I want you to please on your own read from verse 1 to 16. It is important. It reads as follows. When Abraham was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. I will confirm my covenant between me and you and will greatly increase your numbers. Abraham fell face down to the ground and said to him, As for me, this is my covenant with you. You will be the father of many nations. No longer will you be called Abraham. Your name will be Abraham, for I have made you a father of many nations. Did you see that? The name changed because the destiny is now changing. Let us carry on. I will make you very fruitful. I will make nations of you and kings will come from you. I will establish my covenant as an everlasting covenant between me and you and your descendants after you for the generations to come to be your God and the God of your descendants after you. You remember that God uh, was now the God of the heavens only. So now he's telling Abraham that he and his descendants will be his in other words, they, he was going to be their God now. Not the God of the, of the earth, but their God. You get that? Let's carry on. Every male among you shall be circumcised. You are to undergo circumcision, and it will be the sign of the covenant between me and you. For the generations to come, every male among you who is eight days old must be circumcised. Any uncircumcised male who has not circumcised in the flesh will be cut off from his people. He has broken my covenant. As for Sarai, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. Did you get that? Her name is changing. And let us hear why her name is changing. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of many nations. Kings and people will come from her. But I, I implore you to please read from verse 1 to 16. Please, on your own. Right. At this point, I feel that it is important to remind people that God became the God of the heaven only after sin. Remember, we said Adam was a brand new being after sin. Even the world was brand new, as if he created or Satan created it. The world was now under the authority of Satan. And if he had created it, I mean, as if he had created it. For God to do anything in the world, he must get permission from the people of the world. People did not have a covenant with Satan, you remember, but they were under his authority. This gave God a permission to enter the world and interfere in the affairs of men. Genesis 12, 3b, and all people on earth will be blessed through you. What this means is that if Abraham agrees to make a covenant with God, God will be able to interfere in the affairs of men and he can then start with his plans and 
and as time goes on, the blood will be available for him to cleanse these rebels and have his children back. So Abraham was not a child of God, but he was a good friend of God who was not of this world. Hmm. If people of the world had known the truth, hey, they would have fasted and begged Abraham to go into covenant with God because only through his obedience to the covenant will the people be able to receive the blood that was going to cleanse their seed. God then changed Abraham's name and called him Abraham and also changed Sarah's name to Sarah because he was changing their destiny. I hope we still remember that the first animal God killed was to commune with Adam and his offspring. He was, he was after the blood to cover their sins so that he can move on with the plans of redeeming men to be born again. But he did not make a covenant with Adam or Eve or anyone after that incident. At this point, God and Abraham have not cut a covenant yet, but he wants to prepare him you know, for expectation and also for Abraham to align himself with what God is about to do. Please read uh, Amos chapter 3, verse 7. It reads as follows. Surely the sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing his plans to his servants, the prophet. Isaiah 46, from 10 to 11. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bed of prey, from a far off land, a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about, what I have planned that will I do. God never does anything without revealing it first. This is because he wants people to align themselves with what he has said and prepare in advance for what he's about to do. We said that he doesn't force, program, or control people, but he tells in advance, you know, so that people will change whatever they are doing and work together with him to advance his plans. But be rest assured, if ever he has a a covenant with you and he asks you to do something and you don't do it and he keeps telling you to do it you don't do it you will be forced like in the case of the prophet Jonah anyway even if God does reveal in advance if we are not brought into his idea yet we can't work with him he must persuade us in some form and when we are convinced of it we are the ones who run with his vision proclaiming it to people and must be the one you know to do it you get that? If Abraham had decided that he doesn't want to work with God, that would have made God's life difficult. But God knew that Abraham won't change his mind because God knows what will happen in advance. He must have seen Abraham working with him long ago because God is the prophet. We can't have prophets if he's not one. A contract in nature states that both parties must be able to fulfill their obligations. If not, a contract remains void. The universe and Satan knows that it is God's nature to be faithful. But what about Abraham? Abraham had no children and he was advanced in years. As we have explained in the naming history that part of the covenant involved that one of the parties is responsible for the other and the other person must submit to the other. Here it is the same thing. God is responsible for Abraham and Abraham must submit in all things to God, his covenant partner. God still wants to bring about the Redeemer, and the Redeemer must come through the line of Abraham. But Abraham is too old to have children. This is where God must play his part. He must be responsible for Abraham, and he must make sure that he gets him a son. And Abraham must play his part as well by submitting to all of God's demands. 
If Abraham agrees to this covenant, God will be able to interfere in the affairs of the world, even though at this time it will be only with Abraham and his descendants. We need to remember that Adam sold the authority of the world to Satan. Therefore, God must be very careful how he deals with men because Satan has now part in the world. I think there is a need to realize that God is very clever. Imagine if he had given the world to Adam as his own, or if he had told Adam to name the world, we would have lost the world forever. But because Adam was given stewardship over it, Satan stole stewardship over it. Therefore, God never lost a title deed. We need to get this clear in our minds as well, that when a person can't bear children, it is not God's fault, as we often think. Whatever troubles we encounter in life, it is never God's fault. Why? After death, everyone became the child of the world since Adam was disconnected and uprooted from God the Father and Jesus, whom he came through. And Satan became a God and the ruler of the world. He is the one who orchestrates things in the spirit realm where people can't see or hear. The fact that Abraham and Sarah did not have children was really not God's fault. Mm -mm. So this thing that God will do for Abraham is really big and God must prove himself that he is the greatest as must show that he is all-powerful, that is able to reverse such a thing that is considered a curse. We, we need to put ourselves in Abraham's shoes. At that time, having so much wealth and not having a child to carry your name and inheritance was a big thing and an embarrassment. Some people probably killed themselves thinking about the reproach. It was a shameful thing. Since there was no one greater on earth to swear by, God had to swear by himself that he will do it and to show that he is able to play his part. Most people don't understand why it took God 25 years to bring about what he had promised to Abraham. It was easy for God to play his part, but for Abraham, it wasn't. The plan involved Abraham giving up his child, as we will see as we go on. No one will stay until 100 years of age and still give up their child. Mm -mm. Even if the person has a good relationship with God or the best, they, they will never. <laughs> no one will. So Abraham needed to be trained in order to give up his child. We must not forget that this promise will make Abraham the happiest man alive, to be a patriot, to be the founder of a nation. But it was still about God, not Abraham, and it must be dealt with wisely. As it was, in, in order for God to intervene in the early affairs, he must be careful because Satan had authority over it. Since it is God who initiates covenant, no one can do it on his own. God must be the initiator. At this point, he's dealing with Abraham because of his plans and Abraham is considered a righteous man who has knowledge of God. Other people can't access him, but he's able to see them. Everyone is still dead and Abraham is still super dead as well. But once the covenant is cut, things change because Abraham and his offspring will be able to access God and only, all, only those who are in this covenant will be able to approach God. Yet, they will be dead as well because they are not born again. A redeemer has not come. You understand? So only those who are in this covenant will be able to approach him. In other words, the terms and conditions of the covenant will be like this. If anyone gets to me, they are going to have to deal with this covenant. You understand? Meaning the person must be in this covenant. Hmm? That is, they must be circumcised on the eighth days, on the on the eighth day after birth. And 
if I'm going to get to you, I will have to come through this covenant. In other words, the covenant will regulate how I deal with you and how you deal with me. This covenant was of great benefit to both parties. God and Abraham. If either God or Abraham breaks the covenant, it means death to anyone who breaks it. I'm sure right now, many of you are thinking, ah, it is impossible. God can't die. Uh-uh. But a covenant is that deep. A covenant is that deep. Remember that Adam did not die physically, but he died spiritually after the sin. Yeah, he was a nobody after that. God would also die spiritually and will be a nobody and will be under Abraham if ever he breaks the covenant. This is why we said in lesson one that God lives by principle that makes him who he is. If he is to maintain his image and likeness. I can imagine Jesus without a father. Yeah, that's absurd. Women were not expected to be circumcised because women came from men and to God's eyes as much as they are independent to him. Women came from men. And they were to get married to men. And eventually, they will be one. In a case where a woman doesn't get married, it didn't matter because she came from a man, the father. First Corinthians 11, verse 11. In the Lord, however, a woman is not independent of men, nor a man independent of woman. The covenant is proven now. Let's open Genesis chapter 22, verse 1 to verse 19. Please read on your own as well. It read as follows. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a pent offering on one of the mountains I will tell you about. Early next morning, Abraham got up and settled his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son, Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the pent offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servant, Stay here with the donkey while I, had, while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his side, Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father! Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When he reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built, built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay hold on the son boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. So Abraham called that place the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountains of the Lord it will be provided. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven the second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the sky, the stars in the sky, and as the sand of the seashore. Your descendants will take positions of the cities of their enemy, and through your offspring all the nations on earth will be blessed because you have obeyed me. God is the God of the heavens only, remember, and Satan the God of the earth. We've already spoken about that. Which means God is left with only one son. And Jesus is precious to him because he is the only child he has in heaven. 
If God makes a covenant with Abraham, Abraham's child will be God's symbol because whatever belongs to Abraham belongs to God. Jesus is the only child of God, just like Isaac is the only child of God. If Abraham agrees to enter into a covenant with God, God's son will be Abraham's. What this means is that Jesus is now the son of Abraham and Isaac the son of God. If God was able to tell Abraham to offer his son as an offering, Abraham can command God to offer Jesus as an offering. Can you see what is going on here? This means Abraham owns Jesus and he can tell the world that he has a son from out of this room who will be who will be an offering and everyone on earth will be cleansed through his blood. This makes Abraham a very powerful person who has authority outside of this realm. Even though Abraham is the one who has to submit, remember the covenant um, rules, but he has a son outside of this realm. Anyway, Galatians 3 verse 16. The promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. The scriptures does not say, and to your seeds, meaning many people, but to your seed, meaning one person who is Christ. Hmm? Jesus is the son of Abraham. Anyway, Abraham is now receiving the benefit of the promise after 25 years. Anyone would say that Abraham did not tell Sarah what he was going to do in the mountain because Sarah would have killed herself if not kill Abraham first. Abraham himself would not have done this if he was not trained for all these years. Can you see the importance of training? Yet we run away from training. Huh? <laughs> he did not even have the guts to tell Isaac. Isaac seemed to have been old by this time. Historians say that Isaac was 18 years old when Abraham offered him as a sacrifice. Anyway, getting back to God now. God is a God of faith. Anything he does must be done in faith in his eyes. This means that he will never do anything out of the blue. He speaks it first. In this case, he wanted Abraham to do this and speak it. And it will cause him to do the same thing. Because whatever belonged to Abraham was his. And whatever belonged to God was Abraham's. To God, both he and Abraham are fathers who have a son each, and both of them must sacrifice with the best that they have. Satan was defeated, and the universe witnessed it. <laughs> this is where Satan was first defeated, when Abraham allowed God in this world to do his plans, because God was shut in heaven before Abraham agreed to the covenant. Anyway, God wanted the universe to hear these words from Abraham's mouth. God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. These are the words that God wanted to hear from the beginning. And Abraham had to mean them. If Abraham had known that God was not actually going to kill the child, as in like killing the child, he would not have meant those words. And Satan would have known that this was a scam. <laughs> Imagine God in a scam. <laughs> God would have lost his pride and dignity. Of being the only faithful person. This compelled God to play his part very easy. These words could not have been reversed for they spoke of God's plan. Faith. That's what faith is. God's plan. Abraham spoke by faith unaware because in his mind he was going to do the deed. Probably in his mind he must have asked himself, How on earth will God make my offspring as numerous as the sand of the seashore since he's taking away my only son? I can imagine Abraham crying on the inside, not knowing what will happen. 
how he will explain to Sarah what he just did. And maybe Abraham had planned to kill himself after the deed before Sarah does it. Abraham and God must have had a very special relationship. And he was called a friend of God. Indeed, the man was. Yo! Even though Sarah would have been a great hindrance, Abraham would have been the greatest if he wasn't convinced that God would play his part. If Abraham had refused to do this, God would not have been able to go ahead with his plans. If Abraham had not given Isaac, God would not have given Jesus. The covenant would have been void if Abraham had failed to play his part. It would have been illegal for God to provide Jesus. <laughs> hmm? Abraham's obedience to the covenant gave God the legal entry into the earth to redeem men. Can you see the importance of making God's plan our pers ours personally? It is because we must mean whatever we say and do, and we must be the ones doing it here on earth. But this was not the end of the covenant. In fact, it was the beginning of it. Abraham still has to teach his children about God to make sure they maintain his knowledge after he is gone. Genesis 18 verse 19. For I have chosen him so that he will direct his children and his household after him to keep the way of the Lord by doing what is right and just so that the Lord will bring about for Abraham what he has promised. <laughs> 